Okay, I gotta admit, that's kind of interesting. I was taking a look at the stage. Well, I actually, I didn't take a look at the stage guidelines. But as I was setting up the stage itself, it said no sexual or explicit content allowed. And I know Discord, like, has a pretty broad audience. I think it's, like, 13 plus to be a user. Or you have to, that that's, like, what you agreed to be. So I'm, I'm wondering, like, what actually counts as sexual content. But, I, I don't know. Maybe I've crossed the line somewhere. Maybe I haven't. I, I doubt that I did. I, I, I'm probably thinking that way too much. I'm pretty sure I never even cro crossed it, but... And I should inform myself of the actual lines. Anyways, I'm going to make sure that YouTube is up and running. And I'll pause it, and then we'll be good to go. Okay, so a couple quick updates that I just wanted to get out there. Um... So there still is the solution for for the video content to make it so I can specify or like light up which people are talking so that it makes it easier to identify who's in the call, who's speaking during these podcasts. Um, I guess I, well, yeah, I, I just haven't been motivated to, to implement that, even though the solution's there. Um, I haven't taken a look at the solution entirely yet, but I just know that it's out there. Like I've seen someone else use the the exact uh, example that they ended up using or mocking to use for their own purposes. So I still have yet to do that for myself in this this product. <sighs> Anyhow, um, I didn't really want to talk about like finding the one tips again mostly because i well i mean i'm fine with doing it again but what i had in general for today was like a justice sense of justice talk that i wanted to do as well as combating evil uh finding like the moral ground within yourself to know what to be passionate about and what you define as like condemning or awful for you to change your behavior to stand up against it um and part of the reason why that came up is because i think there's been a bunch of animes that have reintroduced me to the kinds of evil that is out there in the world and there's a sense of passion that i get for for seeing those things in the real world as well because there, there's plenty of evil in today's modern society too and it's been a question of what can I do to face those injustices and how do you how do you sort that out in your own head for well yeah because uh, I think understanding that evil is still out there is a huge shock it's like it's not so much a shock as in like it's creatively destructive it's a shock in that there are people out there who still go to simplistic lengths to ruin the lives of others for their own personal gain. And I, I think that's just like, I don't know, that's so depressing. 
and that's how they live and situating that out in your head knowing that there are people like out there out like that out there is it's eye-opening because you have the realization that people still have the capacity like the simplistic capacity to do horrible things but at the same time that's not like that's not everyone in the population who's doing that it's only like a small subset so how worried should you actually be of these kinds of people anyways that's kind of what i wanted to talk about today but instead i was gonna try and figure that out more or at least have a better understanding of what i would want to say during that so i'm probably tabling that for next week or at least like generating the document over the span of this week um and it might come either next week or the the week after that we'll see how that goes but the reason why i wanted to talk about <clears throat> finding the one tips today i think there's there's a bit of intolerance that I'm feeling right now with how simplistic people think. Um, and I, I guess you just heard me ramble about how, how dumb I think people are for pursuing their animalist, bestiality, whatever it is, like fucking barbaric intent. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I think there's also some pretty primitive thinking when it comes to understanding who the one is. So I'm trying to shed light back on this this topic as well. I, I figured it'd be a lighter talk it, topic from what we talked about last week as well as this upcoming how to deal with evil or the evils of the world talk, as I just described. So the first, first time we did this, since this will be the part two version, the first time we did this, we went over a long list with the lawn over psychology today's question and that was done on june 27th of this year um and so in the podcast outline i actually have a reference to that video it's going to be within the document in case if you wanted to hear that anyways we're going to be moving on with the the other two articles that were in that uh in that activity or in the first outline and I didn't, you know what, maybe we could do a live review of whether or not the first, the first outline, if it's necessary, we can go over the first outline again to figure out if the first article had, had anything I had changed my mind to, but I'm thinking most of the things that were on that list are no different now. So I, I think we can just pr proceed with like the second and third article this shouldn't be way too long this should probably take like 30-ish minutes um we'll see how that goes though so to for this one we'll be describing women's health um the article link will be in the um in the outline and going over their list of finding the one tips the first one being the one will be a relationship-oriented person. Actually, you know what? But before we do that, I actually I want to describe why this is important to me, because as I'm trying to develop relationships, it's it becomes increasingly important to know whether or not what I'm doing is meaningful, and so I 
I ask these generalized questions towards myself of how will I know if I'm wasting this person's time if they're not the one or, well, I, okay, maybe I should take a step back. Understanding that the people that I'm with now is setting myself up for either a marriage situation or a non-marriage situation. I think it's important to pursue the most meaningful portion of that um, because I think if I wasn't pursuing on the interest of marriage, then I think I'm wasting people's time. I don't think I'm, I think I'm done dating is what I'm trying to say. Um, being like a 24 year old, I have a bit of experience with people who have found me as a romantic interest throughout like the past 15 years. Now probably like 10, yeah, 10 or 12. People have found me like romantically interesting for the past 12 years. Um, and so I've had a bit of experience along with the development cycle of what a human is supposed to go through in terms of their, well, a biological boy, in terms of like hormone growth as well as cerebral cortex growth as well. I should be at the end of that cycle. So most of my desires, <laughs> innate desires, barbaric desires, that's not barbaric, but fucking horny <laughs> horny boy desires are pretty much out the window at this point so i figure i figure i should pursue what's most meaningful which is going for like a, a marriage type relationship if possible and that's pretty hard so the reason why this is like finding the one is is important to me is because i think i think i've been tested with this idea of what like what what should I really be interested in? Or like, how, how is my evaluation process like accurate? Um, and how do I conduct myself in a way that's most meaningful to me? And how do I compare that to how other people evaluate uh, meaningful relationships? And, and to be honest, I think the way that I do it is the best for me. I mean, obviously, because, well, I mean, some people may be dissatisfied with how they find people or how they, how they engage with people in a romantic setting. But I think I'm pretty proud of the way that I do things. Um, in that, I think I'm pretty clear with who I'm interested in. And I don't feel like I've necessarily used anyone in the past in a way that backstabs my character as a whole. So I think everything that I've done up to this point in terms of romantic engagements have been have been meaningful to to how I see relationships currently. Okay. I'm a, I'm going to stop there about the backstory. I think we'll go into the article now. So again, this is Women's Health Health's article of when you find the one. Um first tip that they brought out was the one will be a relationship oriented person and i guess understanding when the other person is also in the interest of like doing something more hardcore than just a casual dating sense which i suppose it would be hard to 
hard to understand when in terms of dating i mean what what differentiates a relationship oriented person and a dating oriented person is it the is it the dedication levels between the relationships so is it understanding that like you're putting the other person forward the whole time i mean i don't see that any different from from like okay i i think there's a third tier in there to be honest which is like and i don't know if they're talking about like the second or the third tier so the first tier being like casual dating so it's like you're you're you have many options available and you're still looking around it's like you're understanding that that nobody in your current set of pools set of candidate pool is interesting to you but you're but you're trying to find that interest so it's like you're you're dating around without any dedication the second one being like you're dedicated to someone and you like try to develop a relationship the most meaningful way you can the third one being would be like marriage in the future. And I think that's where more so I'm at. It's like you have the added level level of dedication, but you're also thinking about the long run. So it's not about like enjoying the moment with the other person in the belief that you'll like things will grow into something bigger. You're now thinking about how far in the future you want to go, perhaps till the end of your lifespan. I think that's the third level of dedication. And I can't understand if this is either a second level or if it's a third level uh, pointing out. Or maybe it's just, maybe I'm just stupid and really the second and the third level that I describe are no different. That's a possibility. Will be someone who is set on you too. Okay. That's interesting though. Because, like, I, I still see the difference between thinking so far in the future that you're thinking, like, you're the rest of your life. Or it's, like, set on you for the time being, knowing that you're just enjoying the time together. So I, I, I still see that difference for, or, like, that distinction between those two levels of dedication. So having a mutual understanding of the dedication levels that you're both at is is probably the most healthy way to conduct a relationship and the second that changes both both parties need to evaluate if that's what they want to do or if like stepping up the dedication level is what they're looking to do will be someone you can trust i mean I don't even know why this is even on the list. It's like that's so rudimentary in terms of <laughs> in terms of like what you should be requiring of the other person anyways. It's like if you can't trust the other person to be like the the if you can't trust the other person to fulfill the role that they're supposed to be fulfilling, which should be being themselves, then I don't think you're I think you're in the <laughs> I think you're in a relationship with an undeveloped or like a <laughs> underdeveloped person like they should have found their identity identity before the time before the time you start considering that they're the one 
It's like you can't understand if someone's the one or not if they're underdeveloped. Because they have so much room for growth to be something more than what they are. Or to actually be the person that they are. And that's not to say, like, I'm going to change. I mean, I think it's obvious that I'm going to change drastically. But I think there's core fundamentals in who I am that will be shared throughout time. Unless if I have such a drastic change in the way that I'm experiencing life to where I'm no longer the same person. Which... I find that hard to believe. I think that's pretty rare for most people to go through. I, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. I just think that's like so much rare that I'm not counting on myself doing that. So that's why I'm proposing the idea that you should be knowing how developed the person is before you before you make the the choice. Or the, before you make the conclusion that they're the one. Will be someone who makes your body feel happy. Okay, this one, I'm just like. <sighs> I have to look this up. I can't understand why they, why anyone would say that. Okay, I'm pulling up the article, sorry. The one will be someone who makes your body feel happy. I don't necessarily mean that there's a total sexual compatibility that can be worked on, but there should be a mutual sexual attention and a sense of body comfort. That might mean you orgasm easily with them or you just feel safe and peaceful cuddling in their nook. Whatever your body is looking for, you found it in them. Okay, fair enough. You know, I think the compatibility is... I mean, it's true. I think that's, I think that's valuable, but can you really say, <sighs> okay, I'm doing a little bit of reflecting. Sorry. I think the sexual component is like less meaningful or like the intimate components are less like it, it, <sighs> You know what? Yeah, it does. Maybe I should just stop trying to argue that. I, I think I'm actually in agreement with most of what what it said on there. I don't think it necessarily hurts to have that level of compatibility with someone. I just think there's more... I think it's more meaningful. I, I just wouldn't say that this should be on the list of finding the one. It's like when you're idolizing who the one is, you need to make sacrifices in what your ideal partner would be. And I think your intimate body... Um, yeah, your intimate moments with the other person in, in like physical environments. I think, I don't know if that's necessarily something you should give up on. I consider it as something you might want to give up on. Because it's less important to me. I mean, in terms of like my love languages as well, like physical touch is on the lowest so <laughs> I, I prioritize that a whole lot less. I'm guessing other people would have that much higher than me. 
Um, so, so yeah, I, I'm guessing most people won't be willing to, to sacrifice that point in particular. So I suppose, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, I, it deserves its spot. Okay, might not have anything in common with you, but they'll respect the differences. This one, I'm less inclined to, like, this is the, this is the trade-off I would have had. Like, this should have came, like, before, this should be exchanged for the one above it. Like, the, the whole body feel happy point. Like, I think this one is more important. I think you should have some things in common. I think that's what keeps you, I mean, you can have differences in what you're passionate about. I just think... I just think it's boring to, to be with someone who doesn't have the same passions as you. And it'd be hard to understand someone like that. So, like, my gaming, <laughs> my gaming addiction. <laughs> Let's talk about my unhealthy gaming addiction. I think it's ruined a bunch of my relationships in the past. And so I think it's almost necessary that the other person has some, like, some understanding of my... Of my passions. I wouldn't even necessarily call. I mean perhaps it is an addiction. Maybe it's something that needs to be helped. I don't really know. But when I, when I play games. I play for the problem solving aspects. There's like several team engagements. That that I play. Like several team environments. That I play on. And the most interesting. Problem solving aspects of that is that i'm working with the team to beat the like either another team or beat like an objective and so there's a level of teamwork that's added in there it's a complexity that i like to to solve problems with all the time it's a very common thing that i solve problems with it's like how do you i i don't find it meaningful to be by myself and solve problems most of the time unless if it's like i don't know individually challenging for myself but I don't, I don't see a lot of problems very challenging at the individual level. I think it's more meaningful to solve problems in a group setting. And so that's why like, I game a lot with multiplayer games. And I play a couple single-player games, but they're, they're very much like structure-oriented. What's the best way to structure this? Or what's the best way to go about a team environment setting to... to end up with the best outcome possible and if i i mean i give up on a lot of my games <laughs> because i'm not a huge fan of the the conditions of the team that i'm with um especially like their own mentalities or perhaps their their usefulness as a teammate but i don't know it's it's that's like that's the kind of passion I would wish to share with someone at some point in time, or at least that someone would be able to appreciate with me. And I think if we don't have commonality on, on several interest or on like some interest, I suppose, then it's like, I don't feel like my passions are being admired to the full extent that they should be. It's like, I want someone to find me inspiring for the, for like the depth and how I view different topics. It's like I view gaming at a very high level, or not a high level, but I, I value gaming, and I think about gaming a lot. I think about problem solving a lot. I think about team situations. I think about communication. 
I think about like these like hot political topics, like anything, really. I'm talking about self-improvement, mental health. There's so many things that I'm passionate about. And if someone's not like understanding of the depth at which I'm trying to understand these topics, can they really understand me? I don't need their respect for the differences in how we view life. I think I want to see them as passionate as me and might not have everything in common with you is like, I, I don't know if, if they're not, might not have everything in common. I think they should have a lot of things in common, especially with like their intellectual depth when it comes to different topics. And then they can understand and respect the differences. I, I think you need to have the commonality to respect the differences. Because there's plenty of people out there who who think that it's your job as an individual to, to always be in, be like, optimize how you control or optimize how you talk with other people so you can have the most control over situations. Whereas I, I don't know, I put the blame in, in multiple different areas and I'm less likely to put blame on myself if it's not accurate. I will accurately blame myself when I need to. And I respect other people who try to put more blame on themselves when they can. In order to create like the most safe environment for other people. But that's just not how I see it. But I can respect other people who have a better heart than I do. Or who have a kinder heart than I do. I'm going to put that, that bullet point down. I think I think I butchered parts of it. <laughs> Sorry. Alright. The one will be someone whose flaws you're able to acknowledge and still tolerate. Part of listening is knowing how other, like the insufficiencies of other people. I think the listening process when it comes to relationships is developed. Like you start, once you start becoming more of yourself, the more you're able to expose the other person to the different insufficiencies that are aligned with you. And the more exposure that you give to those people, the more they have the choice to know whether or not they're getting into something that they're passionate about or not passionate about. So you're giving them time to, to understand who you are. And I think that's, I think being yourself is the best way to, to, to show that. I don't know if the acknowledgeable and still tolerate is, I mean, I'd like someone to be patient with me and I'm very willing to be patient with, with people with specific insufficiencies. But who's to say that you're going to develop new insufficiencies and become even less 
responsible than what you are. Perhaps I haven't lived life enough to understand if that's like a common thing or maybe it's not at all. Maybe once you develop sufficiencies, you don't go backwards. You become insufficient in different areas. But yeah, I, I think understanding how the other person operates is part of, well, yeah. It, you understand the package that you're getting into the, when you, well, you should at least understand the package that you're getting into when you're trying to develop something meaningful romantically meaningful the one will be someone whom you don't feel pressure to be perfect 24 7 interesting i mean you see this with like older couples all the time there's like they have no expectation for their themselves to be something different than what they actually are from from the couples that are from like the romantic partner that they're with i mean my parents being a perfect example they do something that oh i don't know they, they each do their own things most of the time but they have like you know it, it's not like they're bending their will to be someone that they're not for the other person i, I think that's how it should be like you, there shouldn't be pressure to be be the perfect person that you are you the pressure should really only be for yourself, should be against yourself. I'm cool with that. The one will be someone who you can transition between having fun and being serious. To be honest, I don't really know why this point is here. If it means you can both be serious and have fun at the same time and have like, well, not sorry, not at the same time. If you can have a relationship where you can both be serious and you can both have fun, I think that's a good thing. I don't know about having transitions between. I, I don't know why you would word it like transitions. I think it should just be you can have fun and you can be serious. I like that more than like the transitioning part because I don't know why you would word it with transition. The one will be someone who makes you laugh at yourself. I mean, I can make myself laugh. Because I can be stupid to myself sometimes. <laughs> I think the other person can enable me to laugh at myself. I think that would be helpful, I suppose. But I mean, there's a lot of people who can make me laugh at myself. How is it any different for, or maybe that's just a part, a part of the criteria. I'm, I'm sure that's what it is. The one will be someone who works through conflict with you. That's interesting. Because they... Okay. There's a lot of people who can work conflict with me. But I would say... 
most of the problem solving is myself. And I say that because most of the problem solving capability is on me. So knowing that I have like the best solution for myself is, is, I don't know, that that's like, I don't know how to say that because like most of the, if most of the power is on myself, should I be looking for someone else who has more power than me to solve a problem related to, to myself? Oh, wait a minute. I like, I was totally thinking of like conflict as in conflict with, with like outside of the relationship. Thinking about like con conflict within the relationship means that there's still like negotiating power between us both. Okay, that's a little different. So, someone who works through conflict with me. I mean, if they're not negotiating, if it's like a relationship related thing, then I don't know if it's. I mean, obviously that can't be the one, but I think you would screen that before. I don't know. I, I think that's just a part of the criteria that I have when I'm looking for people in the first place. It's like, how well do you take my information and how well do I take yours? If I don't take you, like, it, sh it should be a two-way street. Like, if I, if I don't respect your opinion enough, then, or respect your input enough, then I don't think I'm worthy to be a significant other. If you can't take my input, then I don't think, that, I mean... I don't think you're worthy of having me as a significant other. It's like it's it should be a mutual power between us both. It's like can you accept the input? Can you provide input that is meaningful to your character? I think it's a problem solving thing that should be thoroughly done at the level that I I want to solve problems at. And I think someone else should humor me or match me on that same passion. All right, moving on. We'll know how to fight and make up with you. Yeah, so what I would want someone else to do is to not sit in silence when they're struggling or when they're like unhappy with what I'm doing. I think what would be most meaningful is if they stood up for themselves and how they want to interact with me so that I always know that it's meaningful when we're together. I think everyone should do that. Because sitting in silence and suffering is not like, why? You're suffering enough. <laughs> you, you shouldn't suffer more than what you need to. I think that's like something you shouldn't just silently suffer through. You have the choice. Like it should be an equally. Like the, the second you stop engaging in. <sighs> the second you stop engaging in fights. is like. Because you, you're afraid of like next steps. Is when you start realizing that. The other person has more power over you because they actually have, they're holding you hostage over the relationship is really what that means. So always engage in, in, 
in fights when you need to. When you want to, really. And I think you should always be looking for fights. Well, not like not like actual physical fights, but I, I think you should always be looking to, to butt heads with the other person. It's like a test to see whether or not you guys are still compatible. You shouldn't be fighting all the time, but I think like when necessary, you should have a healthy amount of fighting to remind the other person that you both are individuals and you're not codependent. And one person doesn't have more power over the other person. Like, you both should have equal grounds for fighting. The makeup part is, I mean, understanding the differences and then coming to a conclusion within yourself to know that the other person is still trying to, well, it's not that they're trying, but they, like the perspectives that they have and the perspectives that you have and the conclusions that you've both drawn are much different. And it should be a realization with the makeup process that, like, I don't know. It, you guys are both different. We'll know how to take a genuine interest in your life, and you will. Okay, that, that was a really worded sentence. I'm going to try this again. The one will know how to fight. Or sorry, the one will take a genuine interest in your life, and you will theirs. I think that's a shortened headline. I'm sure it's supposed to be, will take a genuine interest in your life, and you will for theirs. Instead of like a comma theirs. <sighs> Is that though? Depends on what, like, okay. Is this a control point? Is this like a, you need to have control over the other person at all times? Is that what this is more about? I'm totally missing it. I don't think it's necessary to always be in the know of how the other person is doing. Or what the other person is doing. I think you should know like the highlights. But like the small details I'm not too. I'm not too interested in. Then again, I'm not too interested in the small details in my life either. I'm sure for other people, that's more of a way to communicate love is when they talk about the details of their life. So you have more exposure to the, the life of the other person. Interesting. I, I don't know. I just don't see this as like a bullet point on my list of when you find the one. will lean on you for support and let you lean on them. 
I mean, sure. I mean, the support part matters, I suppose. For me, I'm pretty self-independent like when it comes to most support-like systems. I mean, it's nice to have people to, to rely on every, like, every once in a while. But there's sometimes, like, my exposure to that means that I need to have some level of independence, too. Like, I can, I mostly stray, like, way too much in the social direction to where I need to come back to the, like, independent environment. Ah, uh, that's not true. I, th I think it also goes the other way around, too. Like, there are times where I want to be independent, but there's also times where being social is the better solution for me because then I get some reliable, like, social interaction with people to, to remind me of who who I am and what's meaningful to me. So, would I need that specific person to do that for me, though? I don't really know. I don't think so. I think there'll be a part of the pool of people who I w would want to socialize myself with. But maybe not just, like, the, the sole individual. I think a lot of, like, these, the one scenarios are really idolizing this specific person to be a one-stop shop for, for every solution that you need to have with your own existence. And I, I think that's wrong. I think you should be reliant upon multiple parties all the time. Maybe not for for some for some aspects than others, like sexually, you should only want want the the one person, but but yeah, I think for most other non-intimate, sexually intimate situations, you should have a pretty reliable set of sources to 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 re-energize yourself with. The one will share a similar vision of your future. Now, this is this is pretty interesting. Like, family-related, yes. When it comes to, like, my own individual dreams, like, no. Like, my future should be, like, I want to, I don't know, say, say I wanted to start a company, which was something that I thought about over the past, like, five years. Say if I wanted to start, like, a company, like a tech company that solves technology gaps or provides solutions to technology gaps. I don't need the other person to <laughs> share that vision with me. I think what the other person should want to do is like share a family with me, which is aligning with my own beliefs. And maybe that's more so what they meant. I don't have the specifics in front of me. We'll put in the work to make you feel loved. That's interesting. I don't think you should bend who you are to show appreciation for something else, for someone else. I think you should do what you want to do to show the, the other person that you love them. It shouldn't even be a question of whether or not it's out of character for you. If it's something you're not willing to do, then it shouldn't be something you should push yourself to do in the first place. But I think your understanding of how far... Okay. There are certain people who I would... I would do some things for. But if it was just a random Joe Schmo on the street, then no. 
So I'm guessing it, the more outreach you have outside of the range of comfort, outside your range of comfort that you will do to show appreciation for someone else. The, the further the range in that dimension, the more you understand that they're the one. Because you should, I mean, it's not that you should be willing to do anything for them, but you should be willing to do the most amount that you would for anyone else. In the name of appreciation. Because you feel like they're worth that suffering. Or that uncomfortable situation. Okay. Cool. I'm, I'm fine with that. That was Women's Health. When you find the one. Uh, it was their article. Okay. Moving on. We're doing the Huff Post. And their article is Signs You've Met the One. So the first tip being you love being together but encourage your partner to have a separate life. So actually I really like the start of that because this is saying that the individuality of two different people should stay separate. And actually like you need to understand that your own individuality is what makes you the reason why you're in the relationship in the first place. You're not here to develop a co-identity. It should just be two individuals who are sharing a, or who are in a romantic relationship because of their own individuality. And I think that's good. I think understanding the differences between the two and then encouraging each other to be the most that they want to pursue for themselves is is the most healthy way to, to, to reinvigorate your passion for the other person. It's knowing that their identity it comes first. Because the reason why you engaged in it, as I already said, is because you had an appreciation for the identity that they were before you guys met. So keep it that way. Like, I would like the, I don't know. I mean, someone might want me to, like, pursue gaming as much as I want. And I, I think they should allow me to, like, game as much as I want as well. I mean, there's going to be a sense of, of responsibility that I'm going to have to take with other things. But I usually balance that pretty well with, with the gaming interests that I have for myself. They care about your opinions and you care about theirs. So yeah, having the understanding that the other person has their own sense of identity and perspective along with their experiences. Respect should really be at the forefront of any relationship anyways. But yeah, also understanding that like part of the respect that you have for the other person is knowing that they have a different set of opinions than you do. I think part of engaging in a relationship in general is knowing that they'll provide a perspective that you can respect. And that's like a level of dependency that you should be thinking about in terms of like a relationship, romantic partner. That's at least part of my criteria anyways. There's a near instant feeling of familiar familiarity. 
Holy shit, Spencer. I didn't even say it right the last time, but you guys know what I meant. Ugh. I suppose the more you get familiar with each other, the more, the less, the less there is to have like an expectation for yourself to be different from who you actually are. I think the more comfortable you are with yourself and knowing that you can be comfortable with yourself in the presence of someone else, it means that you could be it's more sustainable to be the person that you are than to be someone different in the presence of others. And the more that you can be yourself is, is more sustainable. You're comfortable being vulnerable around them. Yeah. Yeah. I think knowing your insufficiencies and then, and then trying to have someone else provide input for you or with you uh, to, to help counter those feelings of insufficiency will be helpful. You're okay with being bored in each other's company. <laughs> I think this is true and this is probably something that I struggle with the most, just in general, it's like, Especially with, oh yeah, with a lot of my past relationships, I've always filled the gap with like boredom with something else. And they just. So in many of my past relationships, I've like done gaming or I've just like sat around not doing anything. And it's just, I don't know. I don't have, like, I'm okay with doing like my own activities with them, but I, I feel like I can't do those things because someone along the lines, one of the romantic partners that I've had have told me that I should not be like gaming right now. Like say, say we're cuddling, right? Like say you have like some, some, physical intimate moment I, I don't know I just don't see cuddling as like a I get so bored doing that it's meaningful to some extent and then it's it's just I don't know I I'm very uncomfortable with being bored and I think that's this is actually a point that I would really like to fix for myself and I don't know if that's just a difference between, I, like, clearly they weren't the one. Or perhaps, like, I need to find... Or, yeah, yeah. There's a possibility that they weren't the one, or I'm just that much different from, from the general population to not have this on the list. But perhaps there is someone that I wouldn't feel bored just not doing anything with. But I, I feel like I'm always, I always have to do something. Something meaningful to me. I don't, I don't think, like, the, the physical, I don't know. I consider, as I already said, physical touch is very low on my love language list anyways, so. So, when I'm in the act of doing it, I'm pretty bored most of the time. <sighs> well, that was eye-opening. All right. You're okay with being... Oh, no, I already did that. You fight fair. Yeah, I should... I mean, you shouldn't be in unfair fights. I think you need to leave. 
of any relationship really if you're if you're doing that I might actually look this one up give me a sec I'm gonna take a look at the actual post The myth of a conflictless relationship is just that, a total myth. A true sign of a lasting relationship isn't a lack of arguments. It's knowing how to resolve these inevitable clashes. That's it? Okay. I don't know. I, I think just having healthy arguments is like a necessary thing. So I, I don't know why that's necessarily, I, I mean, this is just like a umbrella point for all the other like argument related points in previous posts. So they're affectionate and not just because they're angling for sex, right? I mean, you have to have some understanding of how they're showing appreciation. Because the way that I was showing appreciation to one of my, well, yeah, to one of my romantic partners, they couldn't understand to the full level that I was expressing that. It's like acts of service being one of them and the, the other person hardly had a actual appreciation to it in the way that I wanted it to be appreciated. Spending quality time and that as well and I just didn't. I think our love language matchup was just so different to where she couldn't understand me. I think words of affirmation was the only thing that, that we aligned with. And because I didn't have an appreciation for how she appreciated me, I was never spending the words of, I was never like actually providing good words of affirmation. I think hers were physical touch and uh, I don't know if giving gifts, I think gifts were more on her, receiving gifts was on hers as well as like top three. And I'm sure quality time was on there too, but I think it was lower than mine. But yeah, being able to understand how affectionate someone else is, is, is important. you describe your relationship as easy and it should be. I think if you're able to, if you're able to be who you are and just like have a easy implementation of someone else's existence into your own existence and have a meddling with it all the time. And you don't see that as a hindrance on your performance as a individual. Then I think you, I think you found the one like that should, I mean, that's obviously the dream case situation. But I don't know if they're if they're a good fit and it works out perfect, then I think you've definitely found the one. But from what I've seen, that's very difficult. I mean, maybe I just haven't found the one yet, but like integrating someone else into your life is very hard. I, I think that should go for everyone. And I, I almost want to say that like, well, no. I think maybe once the integration process is done, you have a better understanding of how 
how to like make it easier for yourself. So maybe that's like a status to develop into after the integration piece. That's probably more of what that means. Okay, that was the Huff Post signs. You've met the one. I think that concludes our podcast for today. For today. We got over everything. Wow, that took over an hour. Or about an hour. <laughs> Oops. But. No, I gotta admit, I was getting a little tired at like the midway point. Mostly because I felt like I was talking over myself. And a lot of the points didn't blend together. The sentences that I tried to form weren't that coherent either. It just wasn't. I wasn't a huge fan of the flow. And maybe that's just the problem of doing like some of these review of of articles on here. Maybe that's why I've stayed away from them for such a long time. But I figured I'd just come back to this as like an easy like uh easy podcast material to to go over. And not so much that it was like necessarily easy, but creatively it was less demanding than generating a new document revolving around evil um and how to how to orient that information in your mind so anyways i'm gonna call it there i'm a little exhausted i might (laughs) i might lay down after this i'll probably get the document out probably by this wednesday for the the evilness um and like how to orient that so be on the lookout for that we'll have our 20th podcast next week sheesh sorry been 20 been doing like a podcast a week so it's like we're 20 out of 52 in terms of <laughs> in terms of weeks down maybe we'll do something special for the year long one but i don't know why i'm saying that now cuz it's only we're not even at the halfway point to a whole year i'll talk about that later i'm just babbling on right now okay anyways i'll see you guys next week i'll have that up, the document on wednesday I'll talk to you later.